This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up, the Human Rights Watch has urged the Malaysian government to prioritise what they call a thorough and transparent investigation into the abduction of the Myanmar refugee activist Tuza Maung and her family. Yeah, so some basic facts about Tuza. She and her family fled uh, Myanmar in, in uh, 2015, so about eight years ago, and they lived in a gated community in Ampang Jaya. Uh, some men posing as police officers came in, abducted her uh, and her husband and her three children. Uh, nothing has been heard of since. Uh, what the police know at this point in time is that the license plate of the car that was used in the abduction uh, were fake and an investigation continues. So the Asia director at the Human Rights Watch, Elaine Pearson, says that uh, they fear that Tuza and her family have been abducted as part of a planned operation and might be in grave danger. She added that a number of Myanmar activists um, are at risk even uh, when they're in a country where they've sought asylum. Uh, and Tuza is um, a longtime advocate for democracy in Myanmar. Uh, she's a refugee. She, in fact, has UNHCR refugee rights to be in Malaysia. She's also the chair of the Myanmar Muslim Refugee Community and the Myanmar Migrant Workers Committee uh, and has worked closely with Myanmar's opposition national unity government. Also very influential, she has over 93,000 followers on Facebook where she posts... um, her criticism of uh, abuses by uh, the Myanmar government, uh, the junta specifically, which took power after the military coup in 2021. So all of which to say, I think um, this is... This is quite a serious thing that they're talking about, right? When dissidents of um, a government, even in other countries, are at risk. Um, And I suppose it's not surprising that Human Rights Watch is calling for serious action to be taken by our government. Yeah, so, you know, the, you know, Malaysia is a field for the the playing out of politics from other countries is something that we don't see very often. Uh, Most dramatically, we had that assassination of a North Korean leader. In 2014, we had uh, an attempted assassination of a Myanmar, uh, specifically Rakhine politician in Bukit Bintang. And before that, if you cast your mind even further back, we had, uh, during the troubles in the uh, province of Aceh in Indonesia, we also had some overflow or uh, spillover into Malaysia. But it's something I think that most Malaysians are unfamiliar with, something they don't read in the papers very often, and therefore comes as a shock that, you know, politics from elsewhere is playing itself out here in Malaysia. So we will hear uh, very shortly from Debbie Stothard, who is a Malaysian activist as well as founder and coordinator of the Alternative ASEAN Network on on Burma. Uh, but we'd like to hear from you as well. What sort of action would you like to see from our government? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Burning for more BFM. The Business Station. It is 5.11. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about the abduction of a Myanmar, uh, well, a Myanmar refugee residing in Malaysia, but also a critic of the current Myanmar government, Tuzar Maung. um, And abduction that is being... uh, suspected as a planned operation to silence her, essentially. Um, So we will be uh, joined very shortly by uh, an activist who will um, 
shed some light on what is actually going on, but we'd like to hear from you. What sort of action would you like to see from our government on this? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Joining us now on the line is Debbie Stothard, a Bangkok-based Malaysian activist for human rights in Myanmar. She's also the founder and coordinator of the Alternative ASEAN Network on Burma, known as ASEAN Burma. Debbie, it's good to have you with us. What was your reaction when you heard about the abduction of Tuza Maung and her family? Um, I was absolutely shocked and deeply concerned uh, that not just an activist in exile, but her entire family could be abducted in what looks like a very well-organized operation where, where it looked like the abductors were actually Malaysian police. It's not just an issue of concern for refugees and activists in exile. It should be an issue of concern for all Malaysians that these people could organize themselves and pass themselves off as a, 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 a police or, or uh, authorities because it means that no Malaysian is safe. It's not just about refugee safety. It's actually about Malaysians not being safe. Now, a number of human rights organizations have expressed concern that this is part of a planned operation to suppress criticism of the junta. How prevalent is the issue of exile activists from Myanmar being targeted? Well, this targeting of activists across borders uh, by the junta or by repressive governments is called transnational repression. It's quite prevalent. But in this particular case, in the case of the Myanmar illegal junta, it looks like they have no boundaries about the lengths to which they're willing to go to. Let's not forget, in August 2021, the FBI actually arrested people hired by the junta to assassinate the Myanmar permanent rep to the UN in New York, uh, Chom Wotun, because he had um, um, joined forces or he had declared allegiance to the National Unity Government, which is the government made up of elected MPs from Myanmar. So the junta had been trying to remove him, and when they failed to do so uh, officially, they actually sent, they actually uh, paid people to assassinate him. So it goes as far up as that. If that can happen in the U.S. to a diplomat, then you can see that it's no holds barred for this illegal junta to go after anyone who they see is a threat, regardless of the country they are, they are currently sheltering in. Are there any developments in Myanmar to suggest why Tuzar might have been kidnapped at this point in time? The, the, this illegal junta has been launching airstrikes on civilian populations so that uh, the, the number of civilians killed in airstrikes in Myanmar this, so far this year is double the number of civilians killed uh, in airstrikes in Ukraine. Uh, we've seen over 18,000 people being rounded up and arbitrarily detained, many of them severely tortured and dying in custody. So the junta has not, despite all its violence, has not been able to gain control of the country. It's not been able to suppress the resistance of uh, normal people against the school. And so they have been trying to go after uh, the sources of inspiration, people who are able to speak out, who get a big following, um, uh, particularly amongst uh, uh, people in Myanmar, and from Myanmar, they are seen as a threat to this junta. So they are willing to go all out to as much as possible to suppress the dissent because they are not able to control it in their own country. And this is where it is quite shocking that the junta can imagine 
that the Malaysian authorities and the Malaysian government will be perfectly complacent and happy to go along with this, uh, with this horrific abduction. So, you know, the question is, the junta is assuming that, the, that Malaysia and ASEAN countries will go along with its uh, transnational repression, with, with violent acts where entire family is abducted. We, we, are, we are extremely concerned. If, if Malaysia allows this to happen, if they allow the abductors to get away with it, then it's an open invitation that the illegal junta can send whomever they want or hire whomever they want to commit any crime in Malaysia. Touched uh, on this, uh, bef- uh, you know, just, uh, but what is the impact when these suppressive uh, practices are left unaddressed? Well, you know, um, if governments of ASEAN, including Malaysia, allow this junta to commit crimes within their own juris- within the, their jurisdiction, it's it's basically allowing an open season. It will start, and it's already started, with first the junta trying to uh, push different countries in ASEAN to repatriate uh, activists to back into their hands where they can be tortured or killed. We've already seen some of that happening already in Thailand. But if they're actually going after entire families of the of refugees, and Malaysia and ASEAN countries don't react strongly, it's basically a tacit agreement or acceptance that the junta is allowed to do whatever it can in other ASEAN countries. But if first they target the refugees and the Burmese, the people from Burma who are criticizing the junta, then basically the next one in in in, in their sites will be the ASEAN citizens who are criticizing the junta. It's not going to stop if Malaysia allows it to continue. So have there been any attempts to tackle acts of transnational repression in Malaysia specifically? The, the concern so far with uh, Malaysia has, it has been that um, there seems, there appears to be a pattern where law enforcement has been a little bit complacent when the victims are foreigners, especially refugees and migrants. All this pattern happening in Malaysia, in Penang in 2014, where there were a series of serial killings that took some time to respond to. Let's look at the fact that Tuza Maung and her family were adopted on July 4. By July 5, people were raising the alarm. It took some time. It's now over a week later, where it took international human rights organizations to make a public statement in order to make sure the investigation was started. In that time, it's already nearly two weeks that this uh, this activist and her entire family have been abducted. What could have happened to them? They could have been smuggled out of the country and could be tortured and jailed by the illegal junta, or they could have been disappeared and, and, and killed. We don't know. Why did it take so long for an investigation to start? But not that the, uh, an investigation is underway. Can't, what can we expect in the coming days and weeks? Well, um, what we hope is that the Malaysian police will come up with uh, conclusive evidence of what happened, who is responsible, and actually be able to get that family back to safety. And at the very least, we need to have clear commitments from the Malaysian government about the solid steps they're going to take to protect 
not just exiles, Myanmar exiles in Malaysia, but also Malaysian citizens themselves who might be targeted by this illegal junta. Now, all five of Tuzar's family members are recognised by the UNHCR as refugees in Malaysia. Would this bear any significance in the search for the family? The fact that they are recognised as refugees clearly shows that they are in danger of uh, persecution by the illegal junta if they, uh, if they are returned to Myanmar or if they are within the custody of the illegal junta. Um, it definitely should be a cause for concern. But I think we also need to understand that there are many activists in exile who are not considered refugees, who may have different status in Malaysia, but are no less in danger. I think the Malaysian authorities need to uh, understand that transnational repression is really a threat to domestic security, and they need to address it accordingly. Now, other countries have employed various best practices in responding to transnational repression. What are some of the key uh, takeaways for Malaysia in looking to provide better protection? For a start, the Malaysian authorities need to be very clear about what happened. They need to be very clear and communicate in no uncertain terms to this illegal junta that transnational repression in Malaysia will not be tolerated. Uh, And they need to demand uh, that the that the embassy of the illegal junta in Kuala Lumpur gives some explanation and cooperate in, in investigations. The second step is the Malaysian government needs to actually come up with a very clear policy and standard operating procedure for law enforcement um, in order to ensure that those people who think, whether they're Malaysian citizens or not, who think that they may be targeted by this illegal junta, have a place to complain and have a way of seeking protection. I think it's also absolutely critical that law enforcement in Malaysia has actually a good relationship with uh, refugees and uh, dissidents in exile in Malaysia. At this point, people are so afraid of the immigration authorities and the Malaysian police that when incidents like this happen, it's difficult to uh, for people to actually go and alert to the alert the police. And in this case, they automatically thought it was the police who were responsible based on the description of the events. So I think uh, one of the ways that we need to move forward is actually have some protection for refugees, but also have a very clear community relations strategy where where refugees can feel they trust the law enforcement and they can go to have, go to them for help if there's a threat. Debbie, thanks for speaking with us today. That was Debbie Stothart, Malaysian activist for human rights based in Myanmar. She's also the founder and coordinator of the Alternative ASEAN Network on Burma, uh, weighing in on the abduction of uh, Tuza Maung and her family. Uh, Tuza is a a dissident as well as an activist uh, from Myanmar who currently lives in Malaysia with her family. She and her family have been abducted in what is suspected to be a planned operation. Send your thoughts through what sort of action would you like to see from our government on this? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.